Welcome back to the Live Loud Life podcast. My name is Dr. Antonio, your host of the Live Loud Life podcast. And uh, I'm just so grateful to have all these different um, mediums of sharing, you know, information and whatnot. Uh, I think today, our generation more than ever, I think it's, it's, it's honestly, I was reflecting upon this the other day with, uh, you know, a friend and we were talking about how, you know, when we were in middle school, we used to, my mom used to give me 15 cents to call her on this, on, on the payphone in the mall when the movie was done so she can come pick us up. And it's just, it's just, it's, and it's so funny cause this is just what, 20 years ago and what our parents have gone through and what that next generation is and what generate, like my grand, you know, Nichelle's grandma, grandmother who just turned 90 is still around. It's just, it's just it's just mind boggling the amount of information that's being passed around, how fast information's changing and updating um, for, and for, for better or worse for, you know, we're not getting into the debate of that and, and just, and just how we can communicate and share thoughts and, 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 and how more importantly you as a, uh, as a consumer, if you want to call it that, but um, more so you as someone who is curious um, can 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 Google or YouTube anything and find a resource that teaches you or explains something um, from Khan Academy to Udemy to all these different things. It's amazing, and you know I hope that we can um, through our through our somewhat um, specific knowledge shed some light on some 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 situations and some issues that are beneficial to you to family members to loved ones um, um, and and that this could this could help you in some way and that's what I honestly my biggest struggle get getting hung up on is trying to not perfect this but like what do you want to know what do what do the listeners um, uh, are curious about um, my curiosity obviously sheds in certain ways and 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 I think that uh, that peels off and is shared with other people but you know I do want to make this relevant so if you have um, uh, comments and suggestions and topics, we always love hearing those uh, to better suit these conversations uh, about certain topics. Now, uh, biasly so, I obviously have expertise in certain areas and not other areas. And um, and if it's something I don't know, hopefully I'll bring it, be able to bring on a guest and and share their thoughts and their knowledge. Um, but today we're gonna, you know, not a lot of housekeeping. This is my new office. We're we're pretty amped. Uh, don't mind the mess on some of that stuff. Um, we just moved into a new property. I was hoping to actually shoot this. This particular episode on my new deck with this uh, view of the uh, mountain range and whatnot, um, but we're super blessed um, um, with this new home, um, uh, having a little bit more space um, for our homeschooling opportunity to take full force with our kids getting dirty in the mud and exploring with toads and worms and chickens and ducks. Our neighbors have horses. Um, so it's pretty wild opportunity and we're just obviously super fortunate and blessed to be able to to uh, um, uh, embark on this new journey. Um, so with that, um, I'm hoping we're, you know, obviously a lot of time and effort being put towards getting the house set up, um, but utilizing um, our, our garage space, which is not uh, massive, but being able to um, create some more content in the garage gym around certain things and helping people move better, helping people understand how to, how to, 
how to manage pain, um, how to move better while managing pain, you know, kind of blend those things at the same time, uh, how to, how to, how to be more mobile, how to get stronger. Um, and that's what I feel I'm best at. Um, I'm not the best with nutrition. I'm not the best with hormones. I'm, you know, those are, those are important topics. I'm not downplaying those. Uh, I just, I just don't enjoy working with that stuff as much. And I have a number of colleagues who I refer to out for that stuff. Um, so if you have some concerns about those things, I'd happy to bring those people on. But if you're if you're wanting to get stronger, move better, uh, and uh, eliminate your pain, you come to the right place. Uh, if you want to live an adventurous life and live loud and not feel limited um, by previous injuries or hesitations or reservations, um, about being scared about, you know, your injuries or that maybe injuries your parents have, might've had, uh, and, and, and trying to build some confidence around that. I, I know we can help you out with that. And that's what, and that's, and, and, and I intentionally kind of led us or use that to segue into our conversation today, which is, um, uh, how to create confidence and this in particular case is, is about lower back, uh, but how to create confidence after an injury. And that is one of the more challenging tasks when we're dealing with recovery. How do we get you to feel more confident in your in your abilities, in your strength, uh, in your in your balance, you know, whatever that might be, um, following an injury? And and in in particular, what we're talking about here is lower back, and and you know it's one of those it's one of those things when it rains it pours. Like you know, like every now I I see a ton of I see a, I see a ton of low back cases, but it's one of those things like when you when I start seeing like I get a couple of severe or like acute things, and I, I see a couple more. And the the theme this week that I came across was this massive hesitation and reservation of having a disc injury, or back pain. And the hesitation and reservation, rightfully so, we're not discounting you know, or downplaying what their fears are, but one in particular individual was worried that they re-herniated or, or had another disc bulge or injury. They previously had a disectomy um, from a sequestration um, years ago. And now they're having, you know, fairly substantial radicular pain, which is, you know, referred pain down the leg with numbness and tingling and some burning, um, all of which are typically associated with the pinched nerve root, which is usually, usually a response to inflammation and possibly uh, a, a dysbulge or disherniation. Um, so, you know, rightfully so, they, they had a long road to recovery with a substantial injury such as this, this previous disc injury. And then this other individual, not as severe, but it's been this like underlying chronic thing that has just really been not, not robbing them. Like she's able to run, uh, not run, sorry, ride her bike and swim and do a fair amount of exercise. But her big hesitation is I don't want back pain because my mother has suffered for back, with back pain for over 35 years. So she feels that if she was to have back pain, she would end up like her mother, which is basically, you know, I wouldn't say disabled right now, but she, as she describes it, she's not able to do really much of anything. And so we have these two, although similar yet very different cases, 
of individuals who are extremely fearful of the diagnosis and the prognosis as it pertains to lower back pain. Now, this is where, as a clinician, you need to be very careful about your words. And we've had, I've I had specific conversations with both of these individuals about what they have been told. Because I want to set, or I want, I want to set the framework, and I want to know the lens that they're looking through and the perspective that they have from what they were previously told. And I don't think their conversations with the practitioners were wrong per se, but there's a certain bedside manner, as they call it, that is needed when approaching sensitive topics such as these. And this is this is very true, um, you know, for conversations with pregnant patients such as diastasis recti, um, for um, infants with tether oral ties. Um, but it is our role and responsibility as clinicians for us to tell the truth based on what we believe to be true, based on and and support and giving supporting evidence. That's the biggest thing. Um, because I think there's a lot of clinicians who believe something to be true, but don't have necessarily concrete supporting evidence. And that is, again, a debate for another time, which we will not get into. Uh, this is obvious, That's obviously more of a um, uh, quote-unquote clinical debate. Um, uh, yeah, that I'm not going to get into. Um, but we, we did a few specific tests after our history and examination, after the history examination for both these individuals, I, I, I fairly definitively knew where the quote unquote um, uh, epicenter or start of the pain was, um, you know, based on the questions we asked, the symptoms they're describing, so on and so forth. Um, and uh, then we do a few, we do a few tests, and the tests are provocative tests. And the whole point of provocation tests is to provoke, is to manipulate and shape the individual, and push and and prod and compress and stretch to determine what the source of where the pain is coming from. Now, this is where things get confusing because. Uh, when you chase the site of pain, that's where things can be a little bit muddy, right? Obviously, this one individual has pain down their leg, so we're not examining the leg because it has a very clear dermatomal radicular pattern. And the other individual had what she described as hip pain, as she points to her glute, sorry, glute medius and side hip butt area. And she all describes it as hip pain and everyone keeps saying, well, it's not your hips, your hip's fine. But they didn't give her an answer as to like why it's actually hurting. And we, you know, we did a more extensive test, but what we, what we started with was a simple compression and slump test. So we had her sit into a chair. So um, um, if you're dealing with lower back pain, gymnastics, you do the, suggest you do this as we describe it because I don't want you to flare something up. But you sit, you sit up nice and tall, kind of towards the front. You grab the bottom of your chair and you pull yourself into the chair. So you're compressing your spine, right? And we do this in a nice upright posture where our, um, you know, the curve of our spine and everything is supporting us. No pain. And we simply ask her to slump or slouch into her lower back. So her lower back is now flexed um, forward and she leans forward. And then she pulls down on the chair again. And lo and behold, what hurts? Not her back, her hip. So we start to ask then what what was the only variable we manipulated? The pelvis tucked under a little bit, but not that much. 
And so realistically, the only variable that we manipulated was lumbar flexion and comp compressing the lumbar spine under more flexion. And that created a referral pain down into the hip. So the hip where she is feeling all the symptoms is not actually the source of what's actually wrong. And same goes true for the individual with the leg pain. We, we performed a very similar test and we were able to provoke some of the symptoms. And we, we tread lightly when someone's that acute with leg pain because we don't want to piss things off a lot. We have a pretty good amount of information. Part of the diagnostic process for provocation tests is also redu reduction of symptoms. So if I can do certain things that I know quote unquote decompress the spine or open something up and things get better, we're like, okay, well, it seems like this is probably the cause because we were able to eliminate the pain. So both are true and both directions. And, and this is what's important because with both of these individuals, they never had an examination or an assessment like this. And the assessments were all tailored around where the site of the pain was. Well, more so for the hip individual, the previous individual with the leg pain, again, that's a pretty cut and dry thing. As a clinician, you're not missing that. The, the big fault, this is a side note, the big fault with his case previously was the insurance model and how it screws over the patient. And I know insurance is great and it helped cover a lot of obviously the big cost for these things. And I agree. I agree that a conservative bout of care um, needs to happen before you go through the more extensive treatments such as MRIs and injections and things like that. Um, but what I've learned over the, the years is having the ability to go outside the lines every now and then to give the patient what's best for them. If a patient is dealing with severe burning pain that we assume to be a result of a disc herniation and inflammation, they oftentimes are not able to get steroid injections and or oral medication until they go through a bout of care. And I think that's wonderful. I think that's good. That's what I do. Like, I agree with that. But I have found in my years that if someone's okay with doing a steroid, it might be the difference of them having a horrible life for weeks and months and or getting a little bit better and getting some momentum in the right direction. And so this individual is getting spotty injections because they weren't able to get an MRI yet because it wasn't authorized through insurance because they weren't done with their 12 sessions of PT. So, you know, it gets, it's, it's unfortunate that it goes that way, but, but, but bringing all this back. So this individual obviously having back pain before and now and dealing with something similar, he's just like, what is, what's going to happen? Like, I do not want to, I cannot do surgery again. So obviously has major reservations about that. And the other individual, his mother, who's been suffering with back pain for 35 years, like, I, I can't have back pain. My mom's had back pain. Like, it's genetic. I, it's, it's something that I know will haunt me for the rest of my life. And so we, we, we had... You know, after we did the provocation test and kind of determined severity, I immediately go into how can I help you make your pain better like this? And we have a handful of exercises. I've gone through these exercises multiple times in a number of different either videos or podcast episodes. Um, uh, we have some YouTube videos that show how we treat low back pain and disc pain. Disc pain. We're going to film those again because those became, I, I ramble and those became way longer than I wanted. So I'm going to condense those to make them better for you. And recently we had a testimonial of a, uh, of a previous college athlete who had a failed microdisectomy as well. And she's back to deadlifting. Um, but we start with, we start with a few different exercises to help you 
help you find ways to reduce your pain. Now, if I can teach you how to do that in between our sessions, you can go home and you have so much autonomy and power to be able to handle the pain that you're experiencing. Will it be, will it, will it go away? Maybe, maybe not. But if you're going day in and day out, like sweating bullets, not knowing when the next time your back's going to lock up on you, that's a shitty way to live. That's very, that's very, very challenging to go day in, especially if you're a parent and you have kids. I can't pick up my kid. I can't do this, this, and this. That's tough. But when you have a few different things and a few different tools and you're like, well, you know what? I know it's not going to be perfect, but I got, I, I have these things and I feel good with them because they make me feel good. There's power in that. And so we give the diagnosis, we give our thoughts, we, we support it with, we give evidence support of based on our examination. We say, hey, this is what everything's going on. This, this, why, why, blah, blah, blah. The disc, this, the disc, that, the nerve, this, the muscle spasms here, the referred pain, so on and so forth. But I'm going to show you how to handle that. And right away, we teach them those things and they're like, wow, this actually feels great. This is the best I felt in days, weeks. If, you know, I feel like I can actually walk. I feel like I have, you know, a little pep in my step. And, and so then we come right back. It's like, hey, remember that thing you were so scared about? How do you feel about that now? Are you still as worried as you were before? And 99% of the time, like, you know what? No, I feel... I, f I feel I feel better about it. I'm, it's not gone, but yet their worry and their fear associated with it has gone down because they have they have more control. It's the unknown and the lack of control for the majority of us that makes it so challenging. And whether it's um, you know the lack of control because you're dealing with something that someone else has and you've heard or you've seen them gone through it, or you yourself has gone through it and you don't want to go through that again, but you were never given the tools to get a grasp of this. Now, this again is just the tip of the iceberg because we're just trying to manage the immediate and there's yet still a rebuilding process of building confidence. And, and that's the next phase through various forms of stability, mobility. And this is true for all regions of the body, not just lower back. I, I, uh, you know, I wanted to state that. Um, excuse me. Um, so it's not unique to just lower back. But um, I just completely lost my train of thought. Oh, confidence. But just like anything else, um, and... Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of uh, uh, Jordan Peterson, um, clinical psychologist in, 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 in Canada, who describes when someone's afraid of something, the worst thing that you can do is remove them from that situation, right? We have so much fear around certain things that by taking yourself away from it is not the right thing to do. Now, throwing you down in the deep end is also right. But we call it exposure therapy. This is something that has been known for a very long time, right? And so, you know, I, I call it exposure therapy. I say dipping your toes in the water. You have to try the thing that you're afraid of. And if you have the support of the clinician's eye watching you, you feel better about doing it. And, you know, I'll, I'll guide you. I'll cue you. I'll help you. And as you're able to do the exercises, the movements or the things that you're afraid of without pain and feeling better, this light bulb goes off in your head and your body starts to say, oh my gosh, this is great. It doesn't hurt. And you have this kind of this aha moving and, and, and glimpse into the future of what's actually possible 
in the in a, in the instant of time, we're just like, wow, this is crazy. That doesn't hurt. And the and and this is. I, the thing that I love the most is when someone like does a rep and they're like, oh, oh my gosh, this is horrible. It hurts. And then we kind of just help, you know, guide position, whatever that is. And they do it again. It's like, I don't feel it at all. And you're just like, you, you know, see, see what's possible. And, and then we have a conversation about the future, about what we're able to do, what we want to be able to do, so on and so forth. So I want to leave you with some encouraging um guidance that there is there is the possibility of being able to do more i don't know what you're going through i don't know the injury the aches and pains the history of what might be going on but if you feel like you're at the bottom i promise you there's only up to go and what's beautiful about that is you just need to find the right door I might give a suggestion and it doesn't work. That doesn't mean what we're doing is wrong. It doesn't mean what we're trying to attempt is not the right thing. You just have to try another door. There's many roads to Rome and when you find the right path for you, hopefully it's a, hopefully it's an avenue that you enjoy. It's not always that way. But I I promise you that things will get better. It takes dedication, it takes patience, and it takes commitment, just like anything else. I'm guilty of it more than anybody else. The quick fix, the want this done now, but it's the it's the daily grind. And if anyone has, you know, the the perfect saying or way to bring this all together, I would love to hear it. But it is again, it's the daily grind. No one wants to hear the journey is better than the destination because everyone's thinking about the destination. And I agree with you. It's much better to think about the day where you feel amazing, but it's the day and day in commitment of movement, mobility, stretching, um, stability training, eating right, sleeping right, all of these things that create the more resilient body that will allow you to feel confident to overcome the current hurdle that you're on and any other hurdle that you might be coming across as a result of life. Here's a newsflash for you. You'll feel some pain in your life. This won't be the last time. But if you got someone on your side, hopefully Live Loud Chiropractic and Coaching can be that team for you to workshop, to navigate, to be a sounding board for these things. It makes it a lot easier rather than waiting until it becomes like this chronic thing that's been festering for five to 10 years. Stomp on it. If you feel good about trying to explore your own body and figure it out, all the power to you. That's what we're about. But if you have any sort of reservation, just reach out to someone. It's a lot easier to just say, hey, I got this thing going on. I'm not quite sure what it is. You know, it's new. It's, it's not horrible, but I don't want it to get into something. It's a lot easier to deal with an issue before it becomes an issue. And when given the appropriate um, suggestions, it's more times than not, you'll just take care of it. So, um, uh, I hope that this has provided some of you, uh, some more confidence about what's, uh, what could happen 
uh, what, sorry, what's, what's, what's waiting for you as far as, uh, uh, the ability to move, the ability to be stronger, the ability to pay free, be pain-free, the ability to enjoy the things in your life without the hesitations and reservations. Cause you have confidence in your back and your ankles and your knees and your hips, whatever that might be. Um, there are resources. I guarantee, even if you said you've tried PT, chiropractic, massage, orthopedics, MD, whatever it is, I guarantee, I guarantee that there are things that you have not tried and or it was not just the right time for you that will help you live a louder life. So until next time, folks, live loud. What's up?